this is that other sports show. Let's go. gentlemen we are back and i mean that we are back we're doing it again we took some time off you know sports get slow we don't get paid like some of these guys so we don't have to do some of those bit topics like some of these other guys do all the all day long talking about what jj reddick said or what lebron said or what some yeah. other guy said that has no meaning on anything that has to do with life as it is it pertains to us right now they're just trying to come up with stuff to talk about because sports is slow so we do the smart thing. We work smarter, not harder, and we just take some time off. Yes. But we're back now because we have big stuff coming up, especially in the world of MMA. With the NFL season being done and over with and nothing for me to really get hyped about, I am actually really hyped about this weekend's <laughs> card. So that's where we'll, we'll probably get into that. We got some other recaps and stuff to do. But before I do, let me introduce you to my guy on the other end of the line here, Mr. Jason Valdez. Shout out Jesse Thomas. Shout out Variety Sports Network. Uh, shout out all of our longtime listeners that know this show operates two different ways. There's football season and there's non-football season. And when it's non-football season, you're going to get more combat sports. You're going to get more random topics, just like all these sports shows that are looking for filler. Uh, and you're also going to get a lot of NBA I love basketball. I've said this on the show many years. It's my favorite sport. I love basketball more than MMA, more than combat sports, more than football. I've just always loved basketball. So I love talking basketball. Will we get some basketball guests? Maybe not. Uh, have I spent way too much time deep digging, deep diving on J.J. Reddick takes? Yes, I have. <laughs> but that's okay. You know what I mean? I, I took that bait, Jess. I ain't going to lie. We all do. Uh, we all do. It, it's, it's just good to be back with you. It's good to be talking sports, much like you. And you've hit on like three topics that I already want to hit on, and, and we will discuss the fights, trust me. But, Jess, you are right. Uh, it, it was a tale of two cities here, a tale of two halves, if you will. I was not excited at all about the Jake Paul Fury fight. I had zero interest, interest in it until – right around Saturday or Sunday around, I don't know, 9 in the morning or 10 in the morning. This Jones fight, opposite spectrum, again, tail of two halves. I have been fired up for this fight all week. I've been fired up to talk to you about this. I am excited to be talking Bones Jones. And I yeah. don't know why, because I, if you think about the combat sports conversations we've had on the show the past few years, a lot of it falls on these two individuals, right? Bones Jones... And Jake Paul. So it's so interesting to have coming off of one fight and going into one. But yeah, my, my, uh, get, look, just quickly, Jess, one to 10 scale, where's your interest as of right now on Jones versus Gone? Uh, it's, it's a 10. Dude, yes. I, I am, I am, yes. I am extremely, extremely, my attention span has peaked so much and you know what? It's funny is it's gotten it's gotten my anxiety over this fight has gotten worse as it's gotten closer this is great like, this is great so for the longest time jay and i are big believers that the heavyweight division will run whatever show is it's you know it's attached to 
Bellator, mm-hmm. UFC, one, wherever it is. The heavyweight division is what people come to see. Boxing. Boxing, boxing, boxing heavyweights, the, the big boys. You get that big meat in that cage in that ring. Mm, big meaty men slapping meat, baby. Big, big gloves just slinging just leather all day. Anything can happen. We say it time and time again. Anything can happen with heavyweights. But this is this is one of these heavyweight fights because it's going to be in the heavyweight. John Jones' first attempt at heavyweight, and it just happens to be against Cyril Gan, who was like, uh, what he was already just fighting in. for the belt, like he, uh, less than a year ago. Yeah, he just, just fought for a for championship. This is a big fight. It's a huge, it's a huge, huge fight. This, th- there's not a lot. We have not seen a lot of mega fights for the UFC over the past five years, maybe even oh, longer. Wow. That's a that's a hot take. I'm just I, saying I don't know if I agree with that by the way. There's that's, not that's there's take. not a lot of fights that have I've seen the, I've seen plenty of fights where I'm like, man, well, that, that's gonna be a really good fight. Let's say this, Jess. I'd 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 say it more like this. I don't think there are mega fights that peak a casual outside casual fan to the UFC. If you're a fan, you're a fan. You're gonna watch regardless. If you're kind of a casual fan you're probably catching every other pay-per-view or every third pay-per-view where the big names are, right? Like yeah. a Bones or, but, or a Connor or someone like that. Let's be real. Here, here's, here's the thing with the UFC, and, and I think that Jay would agree with me. I think hopefully many of you would agree with me. The, the lack of star power in, mm-hmm. in any division – has mm-hmm. been its biggest downfall. And it's not like we've, it's not killing it the, the sport. It's not killing the sport. Obviously the UFC's doing just fine. Dana's making money. Those guys are making fights out of whatever they can figure out in the locker rooms. You know, that, that it's happening. It, it it's not gonna die. But just the lack of a name, you know, you don't have a George St. Pierre. You know what I mean? You don't have a Matt Hughes. You don't have, you know, the you don't have Anderson Silva's anymore. See? The that's, name, that's the name that's, is huge. Yeah, that's, that's and tricky. the biggest thing for me is this. Like, none of these guys just sprouted off and were superstars, right? Like, Anderson was not anything. Everybody thought that Chris Lieben was going to win that fight. Yeah. And then we I, come out, and we see the spider just go nuts and just destroy the crippler. And well, that, Jess, that was Jess, history. History was made. We're, we're already doing the UFC stuff, so I'm wondering if we should just jump right into the UFC and then do Jake Paul at uh, we might as well because we're already cruising. yeah because we're already we're here already we're already cruising. here so so let me say this I think that we're in a unique scenario and again we've talked about this a lot of times so I don't want to do dog chase self for our listeners but the UFC is has to get behind guys to create stars the fluidity the the natural uh, rise of a guy being himself and making his own star power like a Conor McGregor. Uh, like a, a, a Usman, like that. It, you got to have a little bit of the backing. You got to have a little bit of that. It, just that. 100%. Otherwise, otherwise, and I don't want to say it like there's draft uh, contrast, right? It's it's not either the UFC is pushing you or your dog shit. It's just you've got to find another way to market yourself. And do all these fighters truly want to market themselves when they can't really get those outside endorsements because the UFC blocks that shit? Some of that shit's getting blocked. So it, it's tricky. We talk about the... Again, I didn't even think about that, actually. We back back about in the it. day with the going out and finding sponsors, you see, it was these names get, you see the names get out more because they're different. finding multiple... You had some no-name vitamin company, you know, sponsoring, you know, Frank Mir or something. Everybody's like, oh, shit, Frank Mir. Yeah, let's go buy those vitamins mm-hmm. or whatever, get, you know? Let's get some Zions. Yeah, some Zions going on. Jeez. A little Zions, a little Zions workout. So the, the, you and I are on the same page here where uh, there's 
there's got to be there's uh, several moving parts that go into making, creating, and building, if you will, a superstar in the UFC. Because the UFC is always going to have their stars, their guys, their they market, their main event, co-main eventers. I don't even know what I'm guessing. I heard Valentina is on this card. I'm guessing she's in the co-main event because she's just always in co-main events, right? That's how they book her as a star. She is but a co-main event. But see, and but yeah, she a is a star, though. She is. She's but a superstar, Jess, like a John Bones Jones. And I think you have a unique perspective as well. And I, and I want to say this: where you go, there are no Matt Hughes's, there are no GSPs. I, I I would say the newer fan or the real staunch defender of UFC would say, well, there's a Kamaru Usman, there is a uh, whoever we have, or maybe that's all I can think of right now. Maybe the lighter guys, right? But that that there is a little bit of substance there, but I, but I also think that the the real UFC fans, the backers, if you will, the diehards would say no. They've created stars like Usman, like uh, but Izzy, is but, like, but my my question to those people is like Jan, is Kamaro Usman as big of a star even currently now, or say before the loss, right to Leon Edwards. Is he or was he as big of a star as George St. Pierre ever was? And I, I'm going to go on yeah. record and say no. I'd argue, yeah. He is that's not. Have to, we have to agree to disagree. I, I, just, I don't think so. When George St. George St. Pierre could be anywhere in the world, and uh, he would be okay. recognized. I think that, that's Usman in an airport at JFK, people are going to pass him up all day long because nobody, nobody outside of the true – fanhood of UFC people are going to be like, oh, that's Kamaru Usman. No, they're just going to walk by and be like, oh, that's a really in shape I think, dude. I think, I think you've got a good point there, but again, I also think that also goes to the the length of television and the length of stardom, if you will, that GSP has had because he's been a star for whatever. Kamaru Usman was in Usman's Black Panther. Three. Who knew that he was the guy in Black Panther? Like I'm, I'm asking, I'm trying no, to ask serious questions. Yeah, you're right. No, These you're right. People that's, are gonna, they're fair. gonna be like, oh, who's that guy? Why does he have this like weird part? Maybe he's just some guy. But we it's know not, it's Kamaru Usman. But who else not, did? I think that's fair, and I and I I think again that. We think about like the we all know GSP is going to be in an upcoming sh- movie, or he was just in a movie, I believe, where he's playing a villain. Or he was also like in a Marvel movie, and when I saw yeah. him, I said, "Hey, look, it's There's George St. Pierre." So that, so that's again, that's the the length though of the star true, power, the true. stardom, if you will. Maybe in two years, Kumar Usman is recognized. Maybe in twenty twenty. What is it? Twenty twenty three. Maybe better, in twenty twenty five, after he has some more get that highlight back. big fights. People go back and they're watching Black Panther. They go, oh, look, I didn't recognize him last time, but that's actually the superstar. But again, that the superstar star, the UFC's got to build him. This is why we are so excited to talk John Bones Jones. Yes. This is why we're so uh, upset with the UFC's marketing that they don't do a great job of rocketing superstars. They're only going to, they, they send the same fucking five or six people out for interviews and it's because they're good interviews. And I also understand there's some international stuff going on where maybe Charles Oliveira doesn't interview as well in America as he does Brazil. Right. I understand. I get that too. But, uh, but if you're going to be a superstar, you've got to be recognized all over the world. You got to be Mr. Worldwide, like Pitbull, Mr. 305, right? Yeah. 
Jesse, have you pulled up the card? Let's do some. I do. I have the card. You're you're excited. I'm excited. Let's go. Let's do some here. So this this is this is how far star power gets you. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right now. I am a ten out of ten for excitement about this card. If you look at the card from top to bottom, it's not that big of a deal kind of card. It's pretty mid. It's 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 right. I would put it right above mid because there are some names. But I'm telling you, star power drives John Jones is the only reason. And I know that like other fights are going to be good. I'm not saying that they're all going to be, you know, bad fights or whatever. There's good athletes on this card. There's some good names on this card. But John Jones is the reason this card's going to sell a lot of pay-per-views. Yes. And then add to the fact star that Terrell gone. So when you were talking about star power, building that star, I something came to my mind. First of all, the fighter has to have the look. You know what I mean? They got to be a certain way. You know, they can't be a Roy Nelson. Oh, wow. You you can't be a Roy Nelson and be made into a star. People will like you. People will be fans for you. They will cheer for you. But overall, the UFC will find it hard to market you. Paige Van Zandt is a perfect example. Paige Van Zandt, when she was a part of the UFC was just this little, blonde, cute, short, girl-next-door type athlete. They marketed the shit out of her, put makeup on her, put her in little tiny bikinis whenever they put could. Put her dancing with the stars? And then next thing you know, she is a mega, mega, mega star. She is known worldwide. She's on AEW. She's everywhere. She's got making $20,000 a month on OnlyFans. Mm, That's what happens start. when you get marketed the correct way. John Jones was marketed the correct way. And then on top of that, you have to have the skill set. Paige, very good fighter in her own right, but not in the top elite type athletes in the uh, women's division. Obviously, we've seen that over the time. John Jones is the other example of he is elite. He is what many but people think, consider I the think, GOAT. Yes, we're going to we, to tell the Bones story versus the Paige story. I think Paige was always marketed as this is a. Uh, this is a chick who can fight, who also happens to be hot when you doll her up. As a, and that got her to a lot, made her a lot of money, right? Prize fighting, that's where it's at. As opposed to the story of John Jones was this is a whatever, tw- one of the youngest athletes in the 20? UFC, and he has all this upside. Remember, it was about the upside yes. of John Jones. It was, you heard the word this, potential with John Jones' name, like you, every you know, time. it was it, at that time. It was all these great fighters coming from these great camps, right? And he was coming from a legitimate camp, and there was a lot of talk from his from Coach Jackson, and they saying, "Hey, this is going to be the next guy." And he just, with the assistance of that UFC hype train. And the great fights that he had, they just put him in the right fights in the right time. It helped build his legacy. It helped build him to the superstar that he is. So I think I think when we're comparing the two, it's 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 a little bit different because I we never saw Paige and went, that's a prodigy, and she might be a champion for a very long time. And Good what point. happens if Good point. it's a little it's yeah, it's a little bit different. But not to take away from bones and not to take away from this card, as we're saying. A lot of these fights to me, I, I, I will say this. I like uh, Garbrandt versus Jones, and I like Brunson versus Duplass. I think those are fun fights. I'm glad to see uh, Marquez getting a shot again. Uh, I'm, good. I'm glad to see Amanda Rebus in. <laughs> Amanda Rebus is in that, that uh, Paige Van Zandt category where it's like, 
she's shown that she has potential. She has the look, so she's marketable. If they wanted to go that way, we just need to see her get like a very credible win. And yep. so this this card could put her in that next category of. of but it all, but on the flip side, if Araujo wins that fight, it goes. It goes the other way. And now, next thing sudden, you know, Amanda Araujo, Rebus is Araujo making money on OnlyFans. From- Araujo went from C-plus fighter to now B-plus fighter. She's in the mix with all these B-plus fighters trying to fight for that A-level. So there's some good stuff on the undercard. Jesse, we're going to focus on the main card here, as we always do. You're looking at it. I'm looking at it. Uh, they did not give Bo Nicol a photo here on ESPN. Bo Nickel, man. Come on. Give come this on, man his respect. On, He's the self-proclaimed uh, greatest fighter in the history of the world. Like, let's give this guy, what, let's do, give this give guy this a picture. Guy a photo. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, okay, so he's taking on Jamie Pickett. This is our opening fight. It's at middleweight, Jess. Uh, odds are pretty even here. Who you got? Uh, I got Nickel just for simply his grappling. Is his grappling? Realized- his, his, his grappling's amazing. Uh, he, I've seen him in several BJJ tournaments. Uh, although his uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu is definitely uh, it's getting better. It's not the best right now, but it, for a guy who's not been in the sport for an incredibly long time. He's picked up things at an incredible pace, which is, you know, similar to what John Jones did. I'm not, I don't want to say that, you know, that's the only comparison I'm going to make. Just the fact that they both were able to pick up skill sets so quickly. Uh, I think Nickel will end up getting a submission win. Uh, Pickett is a, a phenomenal guy. He's a great athlete. He's got the look. He's got skills uh, in, in his own right. But uh, when you compare the two, Nichols grappling is what's going to win this fight. He's going to be able to take it to the ground. He's going to smother this guy. Uh, I'm looking for a submission win somewhere in the first round. Also, let me clean up my first big mess here. Uh, I was looking at Garbrandt versus Jones odds, which are very close. These odds are the opposite. Uh, Pickett is a plus 900, and Nicole is a minus 1,600. Yeah, it's not good. Those are like cyborg numbers. Yeah. Minus 1,600? Jess, this is... uh, to me, it seems pretty clear cut and dry. Uh, if Nicole is not blinded by the lights of his true first UFC octagon uh, fight, you know, no UFC jitters, if you will. I know he's fought on the contender series. This is way different. Sure. Um, if, 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 again, hey, listen, if he gets his fight to the ground, it's going to end quickly. If Pickett's able to keep this standing or able to cut through that, hey, this is a grappler first, striker second. Maybe he catches Nickel and knocks him out. I don't think it happens. I think Nickel drags him to the ground in the first round and submits him. Uh, second fight here, Jess. This is, this is going to be a banger. I actually like this. I like and, this uh, fight. Jalen Turner, uh, I don't think he's in a lot of bad fights. No, I think he's, in he's a an lot exciting of good guy. Fights. I think he's in a lot of good fights. Uh, so odds here, our Gamrot is the favorite. Slight favorite at a minus 220. Jess, who you got? Uh, and, and you know what? Just record-wise and everything, I can see. I, I understand why Gamrot's the favorite. Um, I believe that he's had a little bit more experience in, in the UFC as well. So, uh, you know what? Though I, I'm a I'm a I'm a believer of the up and coming, the potential in guys. And I think Jalen Turner is an amazing athlete. I think that he's about ready to turn that corner and could turn the corner. And I think that this could be one of those fights where he does start to turn that corner and start producing superstar type, uh, you know, attributes. I'm going Turner. I'm going TKO second round. Gamrot's a tough, tough dude. He's not going to go down easy. Both these guys are going uh, to come in looking to bang it out a little bit. But Turner's athleticism is just – it's next-level athleticism. Look for him to start taking control in the second and finish this fight. Uh, God, I love this fight. You're right. Um, 
Turner's got. I I want to pull my dick out like you and and sit on Turner and say yeah I like Turner as well. But I'm gonna go the opposite route here. I want to say this is a pick'em. Uh, I think Turner's height is going can play a factor with the striking if he's able to throw high kicks or high knees and keep away from the shoot of Gamrot. He's gonna be able to win this fight via knockout. But Gamrot's a wrestler and he's a dog and he likes it. He likes to get sticky and muddy and he's gonna try and put him up against a cage and go chest to chest. Beyond you know inside that phone booth fight, I think Gamrot's able to break Turner. He does have a little bit of chicken legs. Um, I'm going to go opposite. I'm going to go Gamrot decision, uh, and I think he might be able to stop him late in the third round, but I'm going to go Gamrot decision here. Uh, next fight. This one's interesting too, Jess. Why Another interesting fight, yeah. Je- Jeff Nail, who is far from chopped liver, is taking on Shavkov Ramak. I'm going to butcher the name. Rachmanov. Rachmanov. Rachmanov is one of these undefeated super... Uh, kid has a lot of potential. Coming from a great camp, little Sambo. Shout out to our boy Fedor. Uh, I, I don't know, man. Are they going to keep this fight standing, Jess? Who you got? If if Neil's smart, he's going to work his his uh, grappling game yeah. uh, as much as possible. But here's the thing: I, I don't think that Neil is an elite grappler. So I just strength wise, Rachmanov is going to carry the strength. He's going to be the much bigger fighter. He's the, he he lays the harder leather. I'm telling you right now, this guy is no joke. When he punches you, you feel it. Uh, Neil is no slouch. He's a good athlete, and he's been in some wars himself with several, you know, very elite type fighters. But at this point in time, again, I'm going potential over over you know you know the the other guy. I think Rachmanov is next level. He's getting ready to also kind of jump up to that next status. And I think that he gets a finish on Neil. I, I know it's tough, and people aren't going to like that. Uh, but uh, I think Neil gets finished. Rachmanov is just—he's uh, fairly close to a complete package fighter, minus the the grappling necessarily. Doesn't really like the grappling stuff. Doesn't really get into the jujitsu, but has used it. He's—he's uh, he's gonna like again. He's the bigger fighter, stronger fighter. He's gonna get the finish. Yeah, I I, I feel like if. Neil tries to get chest to chest with my uh, with Rachmanov. That could end badly as well. I just don't see a scenario where Neil wins anywhere outside of landing a big bomb. I mean, southpaw stance. Maybe he can show show him something different. I don't know. Um, I almost feel like this could be a steamroll here. Yeah. Maybe Neil's experience keeps him in this fight. Maybe he's able to make it more of a. UFC uh, pace setting type fight where he keeps his distance and, and tries to uh, land strikes. Maybe he tries to be the matador to Rachmanov's bull. Um, I don't think it ends for him well. I, I like knockout uh, Rachmanov round two. Or, you know what I'm going to say? I'm, I'm going to go TKO. I think he drops him. He gets him. He gets him with some grapple and he knocks Neil out in the second round. So that's where I'm going. Jess, Valentina uh, Shavashenko, she's back. She is a minus 800 versus it's Alexa Grasso, I believe. It is Alexa Listen, Grasso. We, we, um, we're going to talk about this fight, Jess. But before we talk about this fight, did you hear Chelsea Sonnen and his comments about uh, Shavashenko, our girl Val- Bullet Valentina, and John Jones maybe uh, doing some extra grappling after class? Did you did you hear this? Did you? No, but what a lucky guy. <laughs> Can you? Listen, I, I don't even know what to say other than Poor Bones Jones' wife, who is at home just trying to be a good wife, probably checks his phone, 
take a little peek at his phone and sees Bula Valentina popping up on the text, and she's just ignoring that. She wants no part of that. She's just going to assume that's just training-related questions. That's just, <laughs> can you help me? Wait, I'm just trying to figure out a quicker way to get from half guard to top guard. You can just help me with that. And just She wants absolutely no part of that smoke. Let me tell you what. It just, it's just an absolute mess. All right, with, again, it's all alleged, Jess. Sometimes there's parts of this show where we've got to drop that allegedly, and I think we got 15 <laughs> minutes in before we drop that. Chael was not using allegedly. He was just kind of basically emphatically saying that they were doing some uh, rolling after hours, if you're picking up what I'm putting down there. Well, as much as I love Chael, Chael is an Oregon guy. I get it. So I got love for the the, the bad guy. But the bad, guy the, also, the bad guy also the has a long and very clouded history with John Jones. They do not like That's each other. So I'm just going to put that out there real quick. That's a good point. That's a way to sweep that up. Thank you for that. Um, does Grasso survive around two rounds, Jess? Who you got? No, uh, you know, I can see her surviving the first round. Uh, Shevchenko typically is in battles uh, for as good as she is. And and we all know that she's very good. Uh, her Muay Thai is amazing. Her striking is very crisp and clear. But she typically tends to fight to the, the opposition instead of fighting, you know, fighting against the opposition. And so she typically is in, like, some wars. Uh, I can see Grasso lasting around maybe even two. Uh, she's not no slouch herself. Uh, she's basically a striker, doesn't grapple a lot, tends to try to get into phone booth fights uh, in order to score points and stuff. Not the strongest puncher in the world. Uh, all these things are going to lead to bad news. I can see Shevchenko just unloading kicks and just catching her with something quick, high up, you know, High a high kick against the side of the head, getting kicked in the dome real hard by Shevchenko is never fun. Uh, I think Shevchenko wins TKO round two. Yeah, it almost feels impossible to pick anything other than TKO round two. I, I mean, maybe Alexa makes it to the third round by just again uh, keeping distance, but it, Valentina's good everywhere. Valentina really is good. Great. Just a, a, a quick side note is this. I do think, I get it, Shevchenko has earned all of her stripes. I get it. But somewhere down the line, like, you want a, a great fighter to have a great finish. And I've not seen Shevchenko finish many people as of late. So, like, I would like to see her kind of put everything towards, you know, like a game plan towards attempting to force, a, like, just go for it, man. Just let it go. I think she we just, keep, we, we think of the Jessica eye knockout. She needs, an, and we love Jessica. Yeah. Shout out Jessica. But she needs another one of those Jessica highlight knockouts. Yes. Not, not a fight like the Lauren Murphy fight where she's just beating her ass for four rounds and eventually they just, they stop it. Like, they need, they, she needs to have that highlight knockout. I don't know if it's coming against Alexa, but she, she needs it just to catch a buzz because, this is again. She's a, she's got a look. Maybe she's a superstar from her home country, but in America, I don't think she moves the needle. And she needs that, that freight. She needs that Frazier to her Ali, because the reality is she's never going to be able to go up and wait and mess with those girls that are coming down and wait. And, but there's never really been anyone to challenge her. Don't get stuck in that rut like Cyborg did, where you're going three years without a real true 
comp- competitive fight. You got to find somebody. All right, Jess. So now, listen, we've made it to the main event. John Bones Jones, verified superstar by yourself, myself, Surreal Gone, a legitimate heavyweight. Like that. This is the thing, Jess. He's a legitimate heavyweight, which is a big fucking deal, right? Bones is going to have a little bit of a reach advantage. No surprise, right? Um, who you got? Who you got, Jess? So, again, John Jones brings the legitimacy of the sport. The the superstar, the elite megastar like atmosphere will be there. And it's the heavyweight division. You and I talk about the heavyweight division like it's gold because it is. And then you add John Jones, who now has like ruled over the light heavyweight division for like seemingly a decade, and now he's going to step up and go into the heavyweight division where he's going to first fight to... title fight. It's in. It's absolutely insane. And I've said it before: the heavyweight division's weak. It's got stars, but it's weak. Now you add John Jones to the mix, and it's now it's what everybody wants to see. It's 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 must see TV. But here's my kicker. John Jones ain't fought in a very long time. Mm-hmm. He has been through the ringer financially, physically, mentally, emotionally. Just like, I mean, ju- judicially. I mean, the, the guy has gone through it all. And I get it, man. He's kept his chin up and he's done. He's been the company man even through the worst of the worst. And that's cool. But when you don't have gloves on and you're consistently fighting every three, four months or, you know, it can get tough to knock that rust off. And I would not want to be the guy trying to knock the rust off against the real gun. You said it. He's a real legitimate uh, heavyweight. He's also a real legitimate athlete. And he has been training his ass off for this fight because he knows how big this is. And I'm going to go here and I'm going to tell people right now, like, you can put all the money on the world on John Jones if you want to. But if you are smart... Put some money on gone. That's where I'm going. I'm going gone. Knockout round three. Yeah. You know, I just want to see what happens when Bones gets hit by a heavyweight. I think that's really especially a heavyweight, like a legitimate heavyweight. And I know, you know, I saw this video of Jones. He said he brought in a murderer's row of, of guys to train with. And there's like, and listen, I respect all fighters, but there's only one guy I look at in that in that murderer's row of guys that he brought in, which is Walt Harris, where I go, yeah, that guy can grapple. That guy can punch like a motherfucker, like a truck. Like, he is a legitimate tough guy. Like, that guy I'd want no fucking smoke with. The other guys, again, I'm not saying they're chumps. I'm not saying they're fucking uh, layovers. But I just wish uh, – it's such a trip to see Bones at this part of his career. And – this is truly the the end game of his career. How many? How, how long can he fight heavyweight? How long can he absorb heavyweight punches and kicks at his age? That's what I. That that, that these are questions yeah. <laughs> that are going to be answered. This is not the Bones Jones from two thousand and four or two thousand and six. This is not the Bones Jones. This is not the young man anymore. This is not a guy that lived the healthiest lifestyle he had he lived the hard life and i've seen people talking about connor living the hard life like do do people know how much shit bones was getting in like when he was getting in it like my man was was a mess like did y'all watch those dui videos from one drunk from one <laughs> drunk tough. to another they're tough to, they're tough to watch <laughs> you know what i'm saying like listen he's, he's he calls a cop a nerd <laughs> 
He's like, listen, nerd. But I, 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 there, there are questions that are I, I'm not sure are going to be answered in this fight. If Bones fucks around and trip takedowns, those Gagne skinny kind of chicken legs on a heavyweight, he don't got big tree trunk type legs. You know what I'm saying? He, he really got those uh, Remy Bonjowski legs and. You see Jones doing those deadlifts with his fucking thousand pounds or whatever it is, and you go, "Yeah, he's he's yeah, he's strong." So I, I, you know, if Jones, what happens if Jones comes out and Trip takes him down, and, and all of a sudden uses that incredible grappling that we know he has? Now he had it at two hundred five, but is he gonna have it against a guy that's two fifty coming into this fight, two forty five coming into this fight? Is he going to be able to hold down a guy that's a natural heavyweight, a natural big hoss? I don't know. I don't. We're, we're, these are questions that are going, hopefully, are going to be answered on Saturday. I am fucking torn on this fight, Jess. <laughs> and I think that this is why I'm at a 10. I'm going to cough really quick. <coughs> I think this is. Yeah, listen, don't edit that out. I think this is why I'm at a 10. Because, and I'm going to be at a 12 on Saturday night. Yeah. Because I want to fucking see these questions answered. And we're about to. And we've spent years since Naganu bloomed into the super heavyweight that he was when they put that strap on him, whatever it was, two years ago, over two years ago, when we had our boy Nolan on the show. And we talked about, man, could you imagine how big Bones versus Nagano is going to be in the draw? It's going to be, and it's going to sell all these pay-per-views. It's going to be, fuck, such a big deal. And here we are, separate set of circumstances, years later, different fights. But it, it's it, it's a true, like, okay, this is it. This is a super fight, Jess. Like you said, these are, you can even throw it in the freak fight division if you want. A guy that's been a 205er his entire life going up and fighting a guy 40 pounds heavier. Like, all these things equate to me having literally no clue who's going to win this fight. With that said, you stick a gun to my head right now. I'm going bones. I'm not comfortable going bones. Again, I, I have tried to sell myself either way. And there's just too many what-ifs in this fight. A lot of variables. For me to be able to, moving parts, if you will, for me to be able to say, yeah, I confidently can pick Gone. Or, yeah, I confidently can pick Bones. I don't know. I really don't. Gun in my head, I'm going Bones. I think he's going to be able to use that grappling. I think he's going to be able to use his aggressive striking while grappling and I also think he's going to be able to give gone fights when it does turn into a little bit of a phone booth fight but the equalizer here is what if he gets hit with that nasty left hand that we know gone has what if gone throws that high kick which I've talked about all fucking week and about five times on the show already I I these I gotta see it I got to see it. I'm going Bones. I'm going to go Bones submission round three, but I don't love it, Jess. I don't love it. I think he's able to put a choke on gone later in the fight, maybe in those championship rounds. 
I am banking on Jones having a little bit of a gas tank here at 205 coming up to heavyweight. Again, I don't love this pick, Jess. I feel like I might. I feel like I'm even guessing, second guessing myself as these words come out of my mouth. But again, gun in my head, I think Bones is going to be able to use that. That, that grappling pedigree that he does have. And he's been training with heavyweights. He's had heavyweights laid on him for a few, you know, for 15, 25 minutes, the last X amount of weeks. I think if he's able to take that worth, that work ethic that he used all those years that made him a superstar, he is going to win this fight. Choke round three. That's where I'm at. It, it's gonna be it's it's hard, and I and I agree. Like if you if if a gun was to my head and I had to choose, I would definitely go Bones. I think it's a safe pick. You already know that the elite grappling is there, the wrestling is there, uh, the uh, the abnormal striking. You know the way he angles his strikes, the way he can kind of throw something without even looking. Uh, it all kind of adds up, and and it makes sense that John Jones should be able to win this fight. The variables that we are talking about that make me change my mind are this. The heavyweights that you train with are never, or the anybody that trains, when you bring people in to train with, they're never the level of competition that you're about to fight. They can be close, but they're not the level of. They're not that person. They're never going to be able to mirror exactly what the other person does. Gone doesn't necessarily do anything elite, but he hits like a Mack truck. He mm-hmm. kicks like a Mack truck. And mm-hmm. his takedown defense is actually really good. If you look at the statistics of his takedown defensive stops, it's actually really good. And then you take into a part that John Jones has had a pretty big layoff since his last fight. Now he's had to put on weight just to make heavyweight. And then he's had uh, to train that's for that, that weight. Yes. I don't think that's that hard for him. You know what I'm saying? I think... I, I think it's what kind of weight are we putting on, right? We can go nutrition on this because you know you and I. Is he putting on fat weight? Because he looks fat to me right now. He did kind of look fat, fat last time I saw him. He, he had fat. a little belly going is he, on. Is he, he is he putting on that I'm fucking snacking on Reese's Pieces and fucking Snickers at 10 o'clock like me? Is he putting on that weight? Or is he putting on nutritious, I'm eating fucking 250 grams of protein every day. I'm drinking fucking... Two double protein shakes. I'm eating fucking clean as shit. I mean, you know, I'm I'm bulking correctly. Like that's if I saw him two thirty five and shredded it as all fuck, I'd be like, "Woo, boy, he's a problem." When I saw the photo of the video or the photo I saw of him the other day, he looked fat. Yeah, he looked he looked fat, and that that is again one of the many moving parts, one of the many variables. Which is why I don't feel comfortable making any pick. And we've made, I don't know, 3,000 picks on this fucking uh, show. Jeez. But this is one where I'm just like, there's, I, of, the, of the millions of picks we've done, there's probably been about four or five. I'm like, man, I don't know, Jess. And, you know, like, and I will sit here the morning of us taping these shows and go, all right, I got to pick a definitive winner here. Because I've been kicking it around in my head, but now I'm going to really fucking pick a definitive winner. But I even I just haven't been able to do it. I haven't, and I've been like you. I've been thinking about this fight way too much. <laughs> That's so, what happens. Uh, what and, and again, we've thrown out a lot of different variables here. So this is truly an interesting superstar fight. 
we can continue to talk about this fight for another 10 or 15 Dude, minutes. I, I'll, I'll, I'll put my, my final touch for myself is this. We talk about uh, fighters taking fights uh, that they shouldn't and fighters taking fights that they should because there's the, the, it's always a win-win. Cyril Gaon is in a fantastic spot right now. Yep. He's fighting probably the world's number one pound-for-pound -pound fighter. And whether he loses or wins, they're going to look at it as a win for him. This does nothing to drop him in, in rankings, weight division. This does nothing. Like, he may not get another shot right away, but the heavyweight division is thin. So even if Jones wins, there's not even anything saying that Jones is going to stick around long enough to even defend the heavyweight title if he does win. So this is a absolute win-win for Cyril Gaon, who, by the way, still has a fantastically bright future ahead of him. Yep, I agree. We spent uh, 20 of the 40 minutes we've been taping this year talking <laughs> about Bones. And I want to say this. One, you are correct, sir. He is in a win-win here. If he wins, he can ha he has a notch on his belt that nobody else in the world has. He beat John Bones Jones. However you want to fucking shake it, he's his first loss. If he loses, anything short of him slipping on a banana peel and getting knocked down in fucking 13 seconds, it it, it it's well he you know he fought well, he did this. John John is just John is the truth. John is elite. He proved himself. We all thought he would be great at heavyweight. And he knocked out a great heavyweight. So, and and just something I, I something else I wanted to say on the way out. You are correct about Gone when he his fighting style is a little bit different because he has he's a little slicker. He he may not have that wallop that a Nagato had, but he's a little slicker. And I've said this on the show. He reminds me of Michael Moore, where he's got pop in his gloves but not absolute knockout heavyweight pop where you just see him fucking flatline guys. Not saying that he can't flatline Jones, who's coming up from 205, but I think if he knocks out Jones or, or hurts Jones, it's going to be with a short left hand right when they're crossing into that phone booth or a kick or some type of a, a higher knee that Jones just isn't prepared for because he's not used to taking shots from a guy at 245 and you can't tell me that bones is going to be able to take an absolute drubbing from a guy way heavier than him for five rounds we saw him getting touched up by dominic Reyes the last time he fought True. at 205 like we we wanted to see him fight yawn because we thought man if yawn if he had problems with reyes imagine the problems he'd have with yawn at that time, we were wondering, where is Bones at? Where's the gas tank? Where's the longevity of his career? Is this it? And then the year's off, like you said. And now he's going up. Gon's got an incredible opportunity here. And I, with, with you picking him again, didn't surprise me. And if you ended up, and if he ends up winning, it wouldn't surprise me. This is a fucking pick him fight. That's why we're all so intrigued about it. That's why we just spent 40 minutes talking about it. <laughs> Yes, let's talk some Jake Paul. Let's talk yeah. some Tyson Fury. Uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I had zero interest in this fight. I didn't even know it was Sunday until Saturday morning when I was at the gym and I noticed on the television it was being advertised on ESPN, which was shocking to me. One, I've seen countless amount of UFC commercials ads the last two or three weeks. 
um, all advertising Bones Jones, who we've talked about the last X amount of Interesting. Interesting. I have works. seen no fucking Fury versus Paul commercials. And I mean fucking none. I did not even know he was fighting on ESPN. I thought it was going to be on the versus or the fight TV or Showtime or some shit like that. I was, uh, I was, uh, I don't want to say pleasantly, pleasantly surprised, but definitely surprised. Did not catch my eye until Saturday morning at the gym. I'm thinking, all right, what time is this fucking fight on? And then I realized, oh, it's on tomorrow in the afternoon because they're fighting in Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. I'm assuming because these guys are fucking juiced to the gills, and this is the only place <laughs> that'll sanction this fucking fight. Um, I let me let me get my tangent on here here really quick, Jess, and then I want to get your thoughts. Um, the first thing that I absolutely hated about this fight was this fucking referee. There are very few times that I talk about a fight and talk about how bad the refereeing is. Right? There's maybe less than five, and again, thousands of times we've done this show. But this referee was so fucking bad, Jess, and so look at me, and so such a control freak. I, w- I tweeted about it. Uh, our boy, shout out Brian, at bblack559, texted me as I was sending the tweet and said, hey, this referee sucks. Uh, this referee <laughs> was such a fucking look at me. I got to make it about me. I've got to make an impact in this fight. And I'll do it by taking a point from fucking both of these guys because they're not listening to my commands. Dude, be a good referee and just get the fuck out of the way and let these two basic amateurs get their fight on. Like, just get out of the way. Your your pay scale doesn't go up by impacting this fucking <laughs> fight. And, quite, and if you're a dude that wanted to go to Twitter and see if people were talking about you after the fight, they weren't saying nice shit. I don't think an umpire or a referee has ever had anything nice said about them on social media, my guy. So don't go searching your name on Twitter because the first (laughs) fucking tweet you're going to see is mine talking shit about you. Um, Jess, throw me some (laughs) random thoughts on this fight. Give me some thoughts on this fight. So I think that over Jake Paul's last few fights that he's had, like I've kind of got caught in the, the hype machine, as you will. And, you know, I'm like, man, this guy is, he's a legitimate boxer. Like, I, I can't not discredit well, him at this point. We talked about his improvement every Yes. Time. That's what I want to say. We've talked a lot about his improvement. And I didn't know much about Fury, you know, outside of, like, you know, what, his dad, his right? Or his, his brother. brother. Yeah, his yeah. brother. Both of them. And so, uh, I, I, you know, when I, I saw him, I was like, hey, man, this kid, he's a big kid, you know, good-looking guy, strong-looking. And uh, I was like, you know, but Paul has, he's got that, he's got the special, like, you know, equalizer. He's got that pop. And you can't deny it, man, because, like, he's put gloves on people and put them to sleep. Like, and he's not the biggest, strongest, most physically fit guy. And he's put people to sleep who are actual athletes. So he's got the true equalizer in his hands. And I'm like, well, Paul's got a chance. He's got a shot. I'm going to guess that because it's Jake Paul and everybody in the world wants to see Paul succeed right now, that somehow this is going to turn out to be a Paul by decision type fight. And then as I'm watching it, like, he just looked like an amateur. It, it was so weird to like see, you know, some of the mistakes, some of the slips that he shouldn't have slipped and then got popped with. And then some of the, some of the, it was like the footwork looked off. 
Um, it just, he just looked more amateur. I, I, at that point in time, watching him, and I don't think that he won around. By the way, do I really? Yeah, I don't Not think I, I don't think he won around. That I just, I mean, I thought Fury controlled everything. I mean, besides, uh, what he got knocked down like once, maybe twice. Uh, once they considered it a slip, but if you look back at the replay, Paul did hit him on the way, putting him on the ground. But outside of some of these, those little things. Paul didn't look like he controlled anything about that fight. And then I look at Fury and I'm like, why are you not finishing this guy? Like he was putting leather to, to Paul like all mm-hmm. night long. I'm like, why are you not finishing this guy? And then I started comparing the two and I'm like, these guys both look like they're fucking video YouTubers, you know, <laughs> just fighting each other. Like, I mean, I don't know, man. So I'm just going to say it like this. I still want to give credit to Jake Paul and Logan. Look look what Logan's doing. These guys, whether you like them or not, if you don't like them, it's because you're jealous of them. I'm just going to throw that out there. Because they did something from nothing, and now one's a, basically a superstar already in the WWE, and one is basically a superstar just by name alone and then just some of the uh, accolades that he's accomplished over a short period of time. And I I think that they both deserve a ton of credit. I think I want to see Paul get motivated like he was for the, uh, uh, what was it, the uh, Anderson Silva fight. I want to see him get motivated like that. Uh, I it, There was no emergency from either guy. They both kind of looked like they showed up. They knew they were going to collect a paycheck. They did get into it in spurts, but more than anything, it looked like, you know, damn, like, there's some kid at a gym right now training his ass off who could come in here and beat both these guys, like, in the same night. I think that it's apparent that neither guy are Olympic-level boxers or gold-glove-level boxers. And I think that we've been saying every time we talk about Jake Paul, when if he fights a gold-gloves-level boxer, they're going to make work of him. And Fury, to me, is more of a kid that grew up in the gym. And when you're a kid that grew up in the gym, you may not be a gold gloves level boxer, but you're just going to have a lot of experience. It's just like a kid that grew up playing baseball or a kid that grew up playing basketball and you did it for eight to ten years and you might have a little bit of amateur experience and it's just kind of the, the bloodline thing if you will you're you're in boxing if you will you're in the gym all the time just by proxy your dad's taking it you're going with your brother you that that the gym rat the boxing gym rat uh that to me was the real difference in this fight was fury was just a little bit more crafty and was just a little bit more of a polished boxer with this jab, with this jab turnover hook, with his body work, with his footwork, with him being able to uh, engage when he wanted to, the engage and defend. He was he was just a better boxer, and that is unfortunately, like we've all said, big told you so, for Paul going to happen anytime he steps up in competition and tries to fight a golden gloves or Olympic level boxer. He can continue to fight MMA guys who have a wrestling base or a Muay Thai base or shit like that. They box, but they they didn't grow up in a gym. They haven't been boxing. You know, they, were, they weren't born and had boxing gloves like Fury was. 
it, it it's just different. That was honestly probably the worst foil for Paul. Like Paul should have probably continued to avoid that fight and just continued to fight maybe another fight or two against random outside guys. Now, if if, if he was truly trying to push himself and see where he was and, and, and check his temperature with, you know, uh, how deep he could swim with those sharks, credit to him. He does deserve that credit. He does deserve that props. If this is a scenario where there's like, well, there is really no more fights to make that are going to get me that lucrative payday, so I got to take it while I can, then you may have touched the, you know, you may have touched the oven and maybe you didn't have to. So <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I gave Paul two rounds. I gave Paul the fourth, third or fourth round. And I did give him that last round with the drop. I, I thought it was a drop. He throws a jab. He did. He uh, it it was it wasn't you know it, it's one of those things in boxing you got to score to knock down even if the fuck guy pops right back up you, you got to score to knock down but uh credit to fury again he got it done he, he uh i don't i don't know who really was ducking who was was and wasn't trying to take the fight but uh in hindsight man he was missing out on a bag for a minute cuz if he made whatever it was 3 million or 5 million for this fight he was fucking missing out on a bag for like a year because that's yeah, but me. It here's my like easy work. Here's my problem with this now. So, like you, I'm going to touch on what you were saying about Jake Paul because I I think that you hit a really solid point, which is if this is as far as he can go, what is next? And what's next for Fury? Like you can't Fury doesn't have you got a rematch. The rematch. I mean, do you really? Does anybody really want to watch that though? I think the I think that they have a fan base. That will pay for that fight, regardless. I, I, I don't think, know. If I think a lot of that fan base disappeared after that fight. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I think it's okay. So I think the novelty has weared off, right? If you want to say we're looking to see if Paul can fight a true boxer, that novelty's worn off. No, nah, he, he tried. He lost. In your opinion, he lost every round. In my opinion, it was you know it was pretty one sided. So it, it's it's tricky to say for me he's lost his fan base because that dude's got he's got a fan base he's got fans. all brothers yeah. have a fan base now is it gonna sell five hundred thousand pay-per-views every time he finds hell no the numbers have clearly they've declined a little bit and they will decline more now is does the fight have the same sizzle that it did uh fucking pre him getting beat hell no hell no and there's really in my opinion no like reason for them to do a reason like, I don't see a reason for them to do a rematch. So those people have no interest in it. People like myself, yourself, we're not going to, you know, a lot of the purchasing public previously, that number is going to drop. And I, and if you want to argue dramatically, I think you're probably right. Does he lose 50% of his buy rate? Probably. 70%? I don't know. That's an enormous number. But his day ones, the Kid, the YouTube kid fans, his generation, those kids yeah. that are our kids' age, they're going to continue to support him. He's going to continue to fucking get paid. He's going to continue to fight. The, the, you know? the outcome for Jake is much brighter than for Fury. And and that's and it's simple that's to say fair. because that's fair. Paul has so many outlets. He can go and start making, uh, he can drive his own organization, uh, his own promotion. 
you know, put fights on, make money that way. He can just show up and like wave to the crowd and everybody's going to freak out. He's going to make money that way. He can go and tag team it up in the WWE with his brother. He can, be the, he, he, he can go be his brother's mouthpiece, the next Paul Heyman. I mean, there's so many outlets and avenues for him to take to continue making so much damn money. Let me but say this, as Jesse. far as the boxing stuff is concerned, I don't think that this is the end. It's not like he's just going to stop. There's going to be other people that want to fight him, people that he'll piss off enough that it will, you know, they'll it will create fights. But yeah. for Fury, I'm worried because this to me is kind of like his biggest achievement, and it is most likely, and his biggest bag, which is also most likely, but he ain't never gonna see that kind of money again. But that's fair, it, bro. Five million dollars is still five million dollars. Oh like, hell yeah! If if I'll he fight takes half, right if, now he, for $5 million. Dude, if he takes half of that pay, if he takes a, a rematch and takes a pay cut and still walks out with two and a half million, like you just made over seven million dollars for easy work, two eight round fights. He fought sixteen rounds and made seven million dollars. There's fighters that fight one hundred and fifty rounds, professional championship fights, and will never make. Fucking one million. So he's he's doing all right. Also, he's not in a scenario where he's got to like feed generations because his brothers made like generational wealth already. So yeah. he's they they're like they are good. They're Gucci wherever he's at. What he chooses to do with his boxing career, like you're right, that's the big question. Does he want to fight Paul again? Does he want to take a step up in competition? and fight different boxers? Does he want to fight guys that are golden glove or Olympic level? I don't fucking know. Or does he say, fuck it, I'm a, I'm a celebrity. I'm going to go do, uh, what do you call it, fucking uh, reality television in my home country. You know what I mean? When, from where I'm from. He's got, he's, got, he's got options. And I agree with you. Paul's got options. He's going to be getting called out by all these lower-level YouTube guys, these bare-knuckle boxing guys, uh, all these guys. Two things. I brought up bare-knuckle. I want to make sure I go back to that. Um, you mentioned the mouthpieces here, Jess. Uh, his brother getting interviewed in between rounds, realizing that he's on a live microphone that the entire arena can hear, and, and starts saying, hey, Tyson Fury, you're a bitch, to me was fucking hilarious poor Tyson Fury is like in between rounds and shit trying to get his face Vaseline trying to get a sip of water trying to listen to the instructions from his brother and his dad and then all of a sudden he hears Logan Paul going hey Tyson Fury you're a bitch that to me is fucking hilarious uh, also another thing about the mouthpieces uh, and I brought up terrible refereeing uh, I'm a big fan of uh, I can't remember his name the guy that was calling this fight the, the guys that were calling this fight were, were bad. They were bad. There was some of the worst guys that I've ever heard call a fight. Like, they would have been better off, and I'm not a fan of Barstool, of sticking those Barstool dudes in there. These dudes were so bad. And I, I know one of who is one of them was like a, a fighter that I that I love. So it, it, and he's, it, I love him so much, he's skipping my, my mind right now, but uh, this this play by play was so bad. The play by play team was so bad, Jess. Um, I any any out any on the way out thoughts here on Paul Fury? Are we closing the door on this? 
No, I'm I'm good. I mean, what we're really seeing is like the rich get richer regardless. So like, and that's, and that's a and that's a very <laughs> good mean, and that's a very good point. Yeah. And it and we've heard boxers and we've heard combat sports fighters say it. I can do one of two things. I can complain about it, or I can call his ass out and try and get a fight because I want to get that money. I'm I'm here to get paid, and if he, and if I can get paid that much money fighting him, fuck it, I'm gonna call him out. Um. Just quickly, I uh, uh, bare knuckle boxing. I uh, bare knuckle fighting. I ordered this on uh, Fight TV. It was ten dollars. It was the best ten dollars I've spent all fucking year. The pay per view was fun. Uh, the fights were fun. Uh, they were quick. It was just a fucking great, a great event. Uh, I saw Diego Sanchez get his ass whipped by Austin Trout. Uh, I saw the main event, which was great. Like it was just, it was a fun event. So shout out bare knuckle boxing. Maybe we go out of our way to try and get some of those guys. Maybe we try and get their champion on here. Uh, if we again, ever try and get guests. Uh, second thing, Jess, was it new Japan pro wrestling in San Jose over uh, last weekend in between tapings? Absolutely incredible. If you were in America, if you're anywhere in the world and you get a chance to go to new Japan pro wrestling, I would highly encourage it. It was fucking fun. It was amazing. The wrestling was top notch. And a quick story, Jess. And then, of course, we can get out of here. Uh, I'm sitting in my seat, okay? So the way the venue works, it's an incredibly small and intimate venue. I don't think it seats more than 3,000 people. So you've got about three rows on the floor and then three rows that start to rise off of the, the floor. And that's it. It's literally just three rows off of the floor. And then there's a balcony section. The balcony section goes all the way around. Think about the Hammerstein Ballroom, the ECW Arena, if you will, Jeff. Very right? nice. I like that. So, so you've got people on top of you, right? I'm sitting there on about, I don't know, 2,000 milligrams worth of edibles. And I see people uh, standing in front of me on the floor looking up above me, looking up above me. And it's just weird. And I'm hitting my boy up, and I'm going, Why, what the fuck is going on above us? Why do people keep looking above us? Some dude in front of me goes, uh, you see what's going on up there? And we go, no. And he goes, CM Punk sitting right above us. He just walked literally right by me. I go, you got to be fucking kidding me. So uh, at some point while I go to take a piss, I pop out of my seat. And as I'm walking back, I see CM Punk sitting right above me. Wow. With a line of fucking people of Miz arcs trying to get a selfie, a photo with him. Uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable night of wrestling. That is amazing. How fucking wild is that? These it was all over punk, Twitter. It was, all, it, was, it was all over Twitter. It's all that was crazy. Twitter. I love that. How tripped out was that? Uh, Jess, that's all I got. If you got anything, let's plug it. If not, Hit the fucking button, please. I don't. Folks, we hammered through like a bunch of, of uh, combat sports, which we haven't done in quite some time, but we do love it. So when we get into it, we do get into it. So uh, we'll have a lot more of that coming up. Uh, we will eventually start getting into basketball more. Uh, second half of the season has been underway, so we're getting ready to see, uh, you know, who's going to finish out and get the playoffs Less than later on this summer. Left. We got so much stuff going on. The LeBron news, we'll hit up that, you know, just so much stuff. But for right now... I just want to say thanks for listening. Thanks for your continuation of listening. And anybody who just picked up the show, 
Thank you very much. We appreciate your support. Even if you just pop by for a few minutes, hopefully you enjoyed what you heard. You can please, if you could please, follow us on Twitter, which is our only social media site that we put stuff out on. You can follow Jason at Valdez spelled backwards, 559. You can follow me at JTT81. And you can follow the pod at Team Talks 21. And please follow our supporter and network affiliates, uh, Variety Sports at Variety underscore sports. Folks, thank you again. And we will be back some other time. He's got.